the path doesn't have to be straight. We have a lot of information that we Value courage. You're listening to the We Get Real AF podcast, exploring the future with trailblazing women and girls in emerging tech, XR, AI, and futurism. Science and technology are reshaping our world at lightning speed. Engage in conversations that'll spark your curiosity and challenge what you thought possible. Inventing tomorrow starts now. And here are your hosts, Vanessa Alava and Sue Robinson. Welcome to the We Get Real AF podcast. I'm Vanessa Alava. And I'm Sue Robinson. Before we get started today, we would so appreciate it if you would subscribe, rate, and comment on the show. We're really excited to dive into location-based entertainment today, also known as LBE, as it relates to cinema, art, and culture, as well as the many use cases for Enterprise XR. Joining us from the land down under is worldly futurist Priscilla Kukui, founder of Ovi Square, an XR experimentation studio and agency based in Sydney, Australia. Priscilla, welcome to WeGraph. Welcome. Yes, thank you for having me. Priscilla, for our listeners who may not be familiar with location-based entertainment, can you unpack that term for us and explain what you mean by that? Yeah. So traditional LBE, location-based entertainment, are escape game, uh, bowling alley, uh, cinema, uh, casino, sport events like soccer games. So it's an out-of-home entertainment. And by extension, in uh, the immersive world, we speak about LBEVR or LBVR for location-based virtual reality. Maybe just to give you uh, one example, a traditional escape game uh, would be an escape game in VR. So instead of going in a room to save the world um, and play to solve a puzzle, you would, you would uh, put some uh, headset in front of your eyes and uh, just be transported in a virtual world where you will need to solve that puzzle. So either alone or as a team. Uh, and uh, inside that virtual environment, we can not only give you a really great visual experience and a great audio experience with the music and all the sound, but we can also add extrasensory elements like wind, where you can smell, I really love to play with smell uh, in, uh, in the experience that uh, I create. That sounds amazing. It actually sounds like you're a part of a, a, an art piece. You know, you're living through that piece and creating art with the experience, which is so uh, amazing. I've got a question. I've read about using smell. I mean, I, we talk about haptics a lot and, and sensation, but using all the senses obviously immerses you even more. Um, when you use the sense of smell and you, you enjoy doing that, is it a piece of a head-mounted device that you put on? Is it an element of that or a, um, something that you attach to the head-mounted device or is it part of the room that you're in? Yes, there's, there's different way of doing it. Um, I usually directly put the smell inside the room. For example, I uh, rearranged the Little Red Riding Hood and it wasn't... Um, a walking experience, a walking story, and the full experience was you're actually the little red riding hood and you're 
riding through the forest. So you had the smell of the forest inside the experience just to immerse you even better inside the experience. That's so cool because the sense of smell is so closely related to our um, memory, to the part of our brain that recalls experiences. And so I think that by adding that particular sense, the sense of smell, I think you could really evoke a lot of emotion and a lot of recall um, and, and just make it feel even more immersive and more realistic. So I love that. I have not tried immersive smell <laughs> um, VR yet, but I'd love to do that. It is, and sometimes it's not, which is really interesting, but some people would not uh, consciously uh, smell uh, inside the experience. So they would have some feelings, but they would not directly link it to their smell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be very intuitive. It's, some, it's just right. part of the experience. It's not something that they would maybe notice right then, um, even though it, it is happening. The only thing I've come close to, um, I guess, experiencing that would be a Disney attraction at, a, at an amusement park or Universal, something to that effect, that I've never been in a um, custom developed world that uses uh, smell. But I agree with Sue. It's, it's one of those things that I call, um, you know, we don't... Ha- potentially have time travel as it were. But if we have time travel within our bodies, you know, between our senses, it does take you back. Tell us a little bit about your background and what you do. So I grew up in France, hence my accent. And I'm currently based um, in Sydney, Australia. I have a bit of a diverse and unconventional background and career. Uh, I study management, corporate finance and information system. And I work as a management consultant uh, slash uh, innovation consultant most of my career for large corporates um, in a large varieties um, uh, of industries, uh, pharmaceutical, transport, energy, print, but also for uh, two creative studios. And uh, the common point of all my experiences is that I always work in innovation or with uh, emerging technologies. Uh, So I'm an innovation uh, driver and it's what I've been doing for almost the past uh, 15 years. It's really a passion for me. Uh, So innovation and technology and how they impact humans. I've been uh, working on entrepreneurial projects since 2005 and I set up my last venture, OV Square, uh, OVI Square, uh, two years ago. And um, at OV Square, we were the first or one of the first company to distribute uh, uh, LBVR experiences in Australia. Um, Then we've been offering uh, production uh, services for entertainment and uh, started to have a studio to create our own uh, XR experiences and specifically uh, multisensory stories. And since last year, we are also offering XR for enterprise services. So I usually say that I create the future uh, of work by day and the future of entertainment by night. Goodness, I think you need more on your plate. You're not doing enough. (laughs) (laughs) You're a busy lady. So Bosu and I were chatting right before he got on, kind of bouncing ideas back and forth of questions we really wanted to ask you. And we both had this one. And since we're talking about fun things to use within um, virtual or immersive experiences, you have a term called digital on your website. So I'm just going to let you run with that. Tell us what that is about and how that word came to be. 
Yeah, so uh, digital is just a, a mismatch between the word uh, physical and digital because we live now more and more in the frontier between both. The reality is that uh, we create more and more virtual environment that looks like physical environment. And uh, uh, even if we don't always want them to visually uh, look like each other, uh, the reality is uh, we are creating what we call uh, digital uh, twin, which are reproduction of the physical world in a virtual environment where we would have uh, elements, uh, what we call metadata, um, that would not only give you the aspect visually, but would also give you the dimension, uh, would give you extra information, um, would give you uh, the color. You can really start to linking what exists uh, in the real physical a space to a virtual environment. Working at the border is a really interesting. Do you feel or do you see that the concept and the technology behind creating digital twins is particularly relevant and valuable to an industry like construction or architecture? Or where do you see that technology going? So you use them for plenty of, of reason. Uh, first, for collaborations. Uh, inside a virtual environment. Uh, when we decide to uh, create an environment uh, and create just even in a physical space, uh, we, would, um, we would need to create plan and uh, have design reviews. Within the creation of a plan, we have different teams working. We need to work collaboratively inside that uh, uh, same physical space uh, and it doesn't always happen and when it does it's not always with the right tool so having a virtual environment allow all those different teams to work together review where they could have clashes and they can discuss those uh, elements while looking at them There's that sense of collaboration uh, first but then because we can add all those extra information, we could add uh, for how long it is warranty. You can have all your supply chain link to all your elements as well. So definitely there's a lot of value. I, I strongly believe that uh, immersive space and XR will impact everything. So how we work, how we live, uh, how we, you know, for entertainment as well. But um, inside um, engineering and XR for enterprise, it's a really, really exciting place to be. Uh, interconnectivity and how we can link all the system. Uh, interoperability is a really interesting um, area. I can really see the convergence of all the technologies uh, not only the immersive technologies, but also uh, with the Internet of Things and how we put all the system together. And and the reason why I'm in that space is to make sure we use the technology for the good of humanity. So I'm really careful on how we use the technology and how we use the convergence of technology, trying to be good for us as humans. 
What are some of the ways that you think it's most important to be vigilant? Is it diversity and inclusion in creating those experiences? Or is it protecting privacy? Or is there something else that that we haven't even thought of yet that you see on the horizon could be a risk that you want to protect and, and use this technology for good? Yeah, it can be dangerous at plenty of levels. Even before thinking of how the future would be, we need to reflect at the present moment on the kind of society we want to live in and and how we currently live, even before um, uh, trying to extrapole on really futuristic. It's even today, how do I want to interact with my phone uh, and with the people around me face to face? Do I want to every day make sure that I have a face to face conversation, meaningful conversation with at least one person? Do I want to make sure that uh, uh, when I'm with my children, I make sure that I'm not using my phone? We can see the world as we as one person don't matter because we are just a drop in the ocean. Or we can see that uh, I'm an ocean in a drop and uh, I do make a difference as one person. And the way I live outside of how I use technology, but even how I live, have an impact on other people. Be the change you want to see in the world and how present and practicing presence I think yeah. are exactly what you're touching on, which I think are huge. And it is, it's about how we want to interact as human beings overall, not only digitally or virtually. Mm -hmm. I'm curious because we're obviously in the US, you're in Australia. And I, I think we work in a, in a really amazing technology that hopefully connects us all. But in regard to Enterprise XR, has there been a strong adoption of experiential and VR technology in Australia? And since you're so worldly, I mean, you've seen in different geos as well. So kind of what, what have you seen? I can only speak about my own experience um, working for um, uh, XR for Enterprise and more specifically uh, for um, uh, AEC, so for Architecture, Engineering and Constructions. There's a real interest just because it adds value. It just saves cost. And it's um, when you start speaking with a company and you have a solution for one of their problems, it just makes sense for them to use technology. Sometimes in the U.S., we find people still think of VR as a gaming thing. And I was wondering if that's the case in Australia or if people are more familiar with the idea of VR and XR for enterprise. I really link both together. What is great is using all those techniques and methods and design from the gaming industry. And uh, we call it in enterprise gamification. And it's great. Uh, we learn best by using uh, gaming practices inside uh, the enterprise world. When we offer a solution, even if we speak about virtual reality, we really offer a really a tangible solution. At the end, you don't make the connection that uh, we are using uh, principle or even we are using tools from the gaming industry. You would think of, oh, great, I would be able to uh, 
show my environment to my potential clients. Our jobs rely a lot on us explaining sometimes because of it being seen as something in a different capacity. VR and business for so long didn't make sense. But now that we have um, the opportunity with this technology to show how you can use it to better train or to um, better explain um, what you do as a company. Uh, if, if your company does work underground or to take people to places in which they can't physically go, et cetera. So it's explaining those things to um, clients sometimes just to open their minds to it. And then once you get them in the headset, they have that aha moment. They get it. Yeah, we need to do a lot of uh, uh, training and uh, uh, teaching to explain the potential solution. We start when we work with a company with their own problems, with their pain points, and then we build a solution around their pain points. And the solution doesn't have to be an immersive solution. Uh, it doesn't have to only be uh, how you will use VR or AR for your problem. But when you start uh, looking at the problem first, it, it's not relevant anymore because you're offering uh, a solution for one of their problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, client education is important. But again, once they get mm-hmm. it, they finally see, oh, wow, I can use this for several applications. And, you know, Sue and I talk about it this year, especially even before COVID, um, being the year that if companies aren't adapting um, and looking into a um, a plan where they're using potential immersive and virtual reality in order to train and to just better their workforce, that they're going to be behind the curve. Hey everybody, Sam McLean here from InPhase Audio, audio producer and editor for the We Get Real AF podcast. I'm so glad to be a part of this podcast, encouraging women and girls to step into emerging technologies and celebrating the accomplishments of those who do. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at McLean Sounds or check out my website, inphase.biz. Thanks for listening. You said that you come from a um, more of a corporate uh, finance field. Can you just t- touch on what interested you in technology and eventually like how you got into the immersive space? Did you foresee that coming or was it something that you've always wanted to do or did it kind of just fall into the big web of life? I always working with uh, technology. So I worked in uh, in IT with digital, digitalization. Working for the immersive space was just a natural uh, progression, knowing that I have a strong um, creative side as well. So um, outside of my um, background uh, and what I study, I've always been really interested in stories and telling stories. So I think that it started really young, growing up whenever I was traveling, whenever I was going back to my small village, back in central France, I would just um, go back to the elementary school and present multimedia stories. So I would use my own pictures and uh, add uh, music and just create stories for the children of that elementary school. I, and all of my stories were always first person. 
So it was just a natural progression when I started um, to understand the immersive space that I needed to be there. It was just made for me. I think it's so awesome that even as a little girl, you were thinking about story from so many different dimensions and facets. You said you were thinking in a multimedia mindset and uh, that kind of seems to have informed your career path. Yes and no. It takes a while to accept to listen to yourself. And we don't know what the future will hold uh, either. So yeah, definitely I, I feel my mission in life is to uh, save the world <laughs> uh, and uh, doing that by uh, telling transformative stories, by sharing stories because stories um, shape our imagination and shapes our lives. I'm specifically even really interested in fairy tales because they are those stories we tell again and again and again and uh, the existing fairy tales, the way they are, actually are not, I think, uh, reflective of, um, um, of the life we are living, uh, the modern life. So in my, in my tales, I remodel the tales and I give a good part to women, for example. Those stories need to reflect the modern world need to reflect the position of women in societies, needs to um, empower women. And I don't think that a, a little girl should wait for a prince. They should be the prince of the stories. They should be, you know, just the princess and just be who they are and always think that they are good enough and good enough even on their own. Mm -hmm. My daughter and I were talking about fairy tales on a hike just the other day, and she was saying how the the Brothers Grimm, those, those stories were really very dark and misogynistic and they were turned into fairy tales and made more child-friendly by parents over the centuries. But I agree with you, they, they still could use a little improving. <laughs> well, I think we have so many feminist um, authors now uh, writing amazing books for little girls, especially. One of my favorites that my daughter actually loves is called The Paper Bag Princess. And it tells the story of this princess who this dragon comes in and burns all her clothes. And she's about to marry this prince. And the dragon, after she he burns all her clothes in the castle, takes the prince away. Anyway, this really uh, smart and energetic princess um, outsmarts the dragon to try to save the prince. And at the end of the day, the prince is really nasty to her and says, you're not wearing your princess clothes. Your hair's a wreck. Like after she's spent all day trying to rescue him so she said you know what you have really nice clothes and uh nice hair but um you're just uh a bum so they didn't get married and she just went off and had her own happily ever after and i thought that was just so empowering because it, it is changing the narrative so yeah. it's changing the narratives for in this area but also uh, develop awareness on climate change on intersex like just it's not only on feminism. It's just changing the narrative to be more modern. What mm -hmm. I think is modern and sharing um, what I call positive values. Priscilla, you are also um, an entrepreneur and a, a business owner. And I wonder what your advice is to other young women who, want, who are entrepreneurial and want to make their way in the immersive tech field. What would your advice be from your own experience starting a company? You have to be yourself and you you need to follow your passion. 
so it's it's not about uh, I want to be in that specific industry. It's more around uh, look at yourself and what would you like to do with your life and why. And it's what I think uh, drives you in a direction. Uh, if you just want to do VR because it's trendy, it doesn't really make sense. Just uh, follow your passion. Be yourself, uh, enjoy yourself and be confident and go in the direction of your dream. And if your dream is creating world, do that. Focus on people who wish you well, the one who wish to assist you, uh, to see you for who you are. Uh, I say that because I am also a visible minority. Uh, so as a woman of color, I think that... Uh, we face uh, maybe more rejection. Uh, so don't get discouraged and go on. I researched a, a talk that you gave to young professionals and you gave like five pieces of advice. The number five being adaptation and agility. Four, embrace change and diversity. Three, be curious and get out of your comfort zone, which I think is so, so important because it's so easy to get in a rut and just complacent. In life, number two, the only talent is drive and perseverance, which to your point, no matter where you come from or what background or where your life has taken you, um, don't let that define you and let that help you persevere onto the next thing. And um, you speak to uh, in this talk about listening to your inner voice being so, so important. And obviously, number one, be yourself. But um, the inspiration for those top five, where did they come from? Was there someone in your life that really um, enforced these uh, qualities in you as an entrepreneur, as a young professional yourself? I think I just uh, use them from my own experience. I just had an um, unconventional life, I think, um, and uh, that need to feed my brain uh, with new experiences and with new knowledge. Um, so I've been living and working for almost 10 years in Asia, uh, moving countries from countries and finding new companies to work with almost every year. I just um, had the strength to follow my own kind of destiny uh, and to build it. And it's what I wish uh, everyone would do for their own life and just be confident that the world will give you what you need. Awesome advice. I love that. Where do you see yourself in 10 years from now? Will you be starting other companies? You want to stick with what you're doing now? What's still on your radar? The world in 10 years will be so different from uh, how it is now. Uh, I um, I. I have no idea where I will be in 10 years. It's a too uh, long-term uh, engagement. <laughs> it's my duty in life to write stories. So I will continue to write stories. Um, I will continue to use technology. I'm passionate about technology as innovations, definitely. And uh, I've been working uh, for the corporate industries as well for almost 15 years. And I think that I will continue it's just trying to finding a balance and um, yeah, both for me, the corporate world and the entertainment world kind of collide and uh, um, some tools that I would use for 
a construction project would give me ideas on how it could be used for in entertainment and uh, gamification in entertainment and how we build stories and how we tell stories could be used to create a project for another industry that just feed each other. I love that. I feel like um, that's a common thread through a lot of the conversations that we're having with women in these emerging technologies is that they're using both their analytical and their really creative side. And these are really creative women, as you are, Priscilla. And I, I love that. I mean, I think that's what the future needs as we become more and more dependent on um, technology. We need those creative brains to think about how we can use it and make the world more colorful and more beautiful and kinder. Um, and there's ways to do that. And I just, I really love that combination of the left and the right brain. I really encourage anyone with a different vision uh, with a different background to step in um, the virtual reality space just to add their story on top of the other stories because we need uh, various voices. We can uh, go into our lightning round. Priscilla, these are questions that we ask all of our guests and it's just to get to know you a little better and they're designed to be fun. So we'll start with the first one. Finish this sentence. Women are? Women are true leaders in time of crisis. So if we uh, uh, took the example during the COVID from Iceland to Taiwan, Germany to New Zealand, uh, women are stepping up to show the world how to, mat to manage a mess. I agree with that. I think um, women have that that empathy, and men have it too, but women have a special kind of empathy. So yes, a shout out to all the amazing women leaders um, who are navigating this difficult time and, and helping us all get through it because they definitely are inspirational. So what are three pieces of advice that you would give your younger self, Priscilla? My advice would be be yourself. Uh, to maybe uh, focus on people who wish you well and forget about all the other ones. And maybe three, uh, as a younger self, uh, start meditation. Yeah, mm. it's, uh, yes, mindfulness, yes. Put your misconception aside and uh, open yourself to a new world of possibility. What is your current favorite application of Tech for Good? So Tech for Good is a, is a big one for me. Good for uh, humanity. Uh, there's had a great uh, movement called uh, Time Well Spent with uh, Tristan Harris. So one of my advice would be take control of your phone <laughs> and on your phone addiction. So uh, I would advise um, an application called Moment. Uh, Moment, uh, it's an app on iOS and it allows you to track uh, to check and to track and limit your screen usage. So less phone and more life. What issue do you most hope that technology will help to resolve in the future? Uh, to save the world, uh, climate change. What inspires you? People inspire me. Um, life uh, itself and... Uh, uh, as human, we are great creatures, and uh, I get inspired by people and and uh, and their stories. What do you want to learn more about? I want to learn 
more about uh, meditation. Meditation, how I can uh, stay in a, sometimes just being uh, quiet and uh, in a quiet space allow us to, uh, to make sense and give us perspective on the world. And uh, yeah, as we can't go outside, it's a great way to go inside. Describe the future in one word. I would say the future will be bright. Fill in the blank. Blank like a girl. Uh, be strong and loving like a girl. Uh, those are actual uh, strengths. Priscilla, thank you yeah, so much you. for the intelligent conversation um, and for supporting our mission and taking time with us today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I was really uh, happy and excited to, to be part of your podcast. It's been a delight. Tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you, where they can find you on uh, the web, social media. So to, um, to be in touch and have a look at uh, what we've done at OB Square, it's on ovisquare.com. Uh, and to be in touch with me, um, my name is Priscilla Kukui, K-O-U-K-O-U-I, Kukui. And uh, you can find me on, uh, on social media and I'm active on LinkedIn. So feel free to, uh, to be in touch. Well, we hope that you'll come back to visit us because we'd love to have another conversation with you. Thank you, Priscilla. We'd enjoy that as well. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of We Get Real AF. We're excited to bring you the voices of amazing women and girls who are shaping the future for good. Please help us spread the WeGraph mission of supporting women and girls in emerging tech and science. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at we get real af and visit our website at www.wegetrealaf.com don't forget to like comment and to subscribe to the podcast we also want to give a big shout out and thanks to sam mclean for providing sound production for the show you can find sam on instagram at mclean sounds that's m-c-l-e-a-n-s-o-u-n-d-s and to our voiceover artist, Veronica Horta, for her show introduction. You can find Veronica on LinkedIn by searching for Veronica Horta, H-O-R-T-A. We'll meet you back here next time for another great conversation about high tech with cool women. <laughs>